When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Righto. Well, that music signals that it's time for the afternoon show here on SEN. Uh, g'day, afternooners. Thanks for tuning in, however you were listening. SEN welcomes you to our very broad house of worship. Guess what? The open line number hasn't changed from yesterday. Actually, it hasn't changed from Matty Watch Show just a couple of minutes ago. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 I know a lot of you have got that in your phone. Keep it there. Text 0457-736-736. Remember, you can check out all the podcasts. You can get them on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, hello and welcome to everyone listening up there at SENQ Brisbane. 693 on your AM dial. That's right. Listen via your AM dial. Do it down here in Sydney, 1170 AM SEN in Sydney. It's all thanks to SBS Fence, our great partners there, portable toilet and temporary fence hire in Sydney. Go to sbsfence.com.au. It's sprint today. It's a shortened program. Why? One day international cricket. We got here. Australia v the West Indies. Gee, I don't know how many people are excited about that. There was a time in this great nation's history when Australia v the West Indies in a one day game, anywhere in the country was just a blockbuster. It was prime time viewing. Um, and we might want to reminisce about that a little bit later on in the program. We won't reminisce with RJ Ochoa. He's going to talk some NFL. We've got to bring up the Cowboys. Uh, he's doing it a bit tough. But also, with a view to Super Bowl 58, what can we anticipate? Um, yeah, so uh, from SB Nation and blogging the boys, RJ Ochoa, regular on the program. We'll get a sports update with Al, the maestro, uh, we'll dive into the text line for sbsfence.com.au. Freshwater Strategies, Leo Shanahan. We speak to Leo uh, or someone, Jono, from Freshwater Strategy every couple of weeks. Lots going on in the world of rugby. Uh, so we'll have a chat about that. The Melbourne Rebels, we had that news earlier this week around. Uh, and they were guaranteed by Rugby Australia CEO Phil Ward. Yep, 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 yep. 2024, no problem. After that, <sighs> Victorian government, can you help out? Can someone help out? Uh, so we'll get Leo's thoughts on that one. Uh, and as we say, we're going a um, short sprint today, only up until 2 o'clock because of the one-day international. Uh, we've got the Western Suburbs Magpies taking on the North Sydney Bears at North Sydney Oval in 1991 playing in the background. So uh, Scott Wilson scored the first try, and he is a recycler, I think is what was put up as his occupation, uh, which I think is code for... He works for the garbage disposal. So uh, there you go. All right, let's get into the news of the day. Remember, have your say, 0457 736 736. The Roosters have applied unsuccessfully to the ARL Commission to say, hey, do we have to have our players play in the All-Stars game? So we're talking about, well, Brandon Smith most notably, but the impact here is for those teams that are going over to Las Vegas. So they're going over early, acclimatise and all of that sort of thing, which is completely right. Why? You know why? Because there's competition points up for grabs. 
So it's not a trial game. It's not Roosters versus Manly in Japan, which happened in 1996. It's, it's not that. We're talking two competition points here. So the Roosters and the Seagulls were going to play a trial game, or they are playing a trial game, on the 17th. The All-Stars game is on February 16th. And then after that, they're jetting off to the US. The Broncos play on the 18th. The Rabbitohs, that's Charity Shield on the 17th against the Dragons. So what what's Latrell Mitchell doing? Where's he going to play? And Peter Volandis has come out and said, no, 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 I know... I understand the concern around that, and maybe we've got players who won't have a game with their team. They'll have a game, but it'll be an All-Stars game with their teammates, crucially leading up to the first week of the season proper. But but that's where we're at. Rooster CEO Joe Kelly, we didn't know when the All-Stars was going to be when we first agreed to Vegas, and we made the point last October that if the game did coincide with our one main trial, we'd seek exemption. So that exemption uh, that they've sought, unsuccessful. So where do you stand on this one? Like what? What's? I, I think you need to have continual support of the All Stars game. Is my belief on that one? Uh, unfortunately, it's you know now you've got a situation where you've got players who who won't have played a game with their teammates, but uh, and and that might be the case for new players joining the club. It's not in the case of Brandon Smith. He's been there, but uh, there might be other instances of that. But that's the price you pay. Okay, um, there are more concessions that are going to have to be done from these teams going to the US, and there's another one. Um, so get your thoughts on that one. The Daily Telegraph have got their coaches poll. NRL, uh, they're asking about where the next expansion location should be. I heard Matty White talking about this. Perth, 50%. PNG, 13%. New Zealand, 13%. And Pacifica, 3%. What's going on here? How can you have Pacifica at 3%? Aren't there only 17 NRL coaches? Uh, and why are we asking the coaches where the next expansion is? Anyone? Is it just me? Anyway, so here's another question you might want to answer. What should we be asking the NRL coaches when we do a poll on that one? But it seems Perth is out in front. It makes a lot of sense. Here's the problem with it. And unless the Western Australian Premier is going to say, hey, whatever you want, we'll cover. Unless he says that, and I don't think he will, then... We know from a PNG point of view, and whether it's PNG, Port Moresby, Cairns, or something in between, that Albo and future governments have said, "Whatever you want, we got it for you." Six hundred million over ten years? Yes, we can do that. That's more than some clubs earn per annum. They would get as a grant from the. This is without an NRL grant, without a sponsor, without selling a ticket. You'd have sixty million. It's very hard to say no to. I thought this was interesting. The biggest issue in the game, according to the coaches, is player managers. <laughs> is this anonymous, this one? <laughs> or does anyone put their name to this one? No. Okay. Okay. Biggest threat to rugby league, concussion. We'll get to that very shortly too, concussion. We spoke yesterday to Dr. Alan Pierce, but there's more has come to light on that one. You'd never believe it, people. Uh, grassroots threat from rival codes, 30%. Yeah, so okay. There we go. Do you see the benefit in banning competition points and finals for all kids under 13? No, 93%. Totally agree with that. You've got to learn to lose. You've got to learn to lose. It's all part of winning. It's all part of playing. It's all part of life. You don't all get the job. You might get the ribbon, but you don't all get the job. right? So that, that's the other part. Should the NRL introduce a trade window? Yes. At the end of the season, 37%. Yes. Mid-season, 33%. No, 30%. Well, I'd go, what about option D? At the end of the season, in the mid-season, and the pre-season. 
How about that? Yes, yes, yes is the way I would be doing it. And should player agents be able to manage both players and coaches? Didn't we speak about this yesterday? Weren't we talking about the transparency around teams? 50% said yes and 50% said no. How does that work? The 17 coaches. But anyway, uh, maybe they've gone the assistant coaches as well. Or maybe someone didn't return a call. Or maybe, just maybe, 15 said, I'd prefer not to answer that. And one said yes and one said no. We just don't know. We just... Don't know. Speaking of coaches, Shane Flanagan from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He was on the run home yesterday with Fletch and Joel. Uh, I think there's a lot of interest around Tyrell Sloan, isn't there? Um, we know he's a talented player. Here's Shane Flanagan on his fullback. Oh, Sloan's uh, a fullback yep. down and out. He, that's his best position. Uh, he's so fast and, you know, out the back of shape. Um, you know, there's not too many players. You know, you got the Reese Walsh. I'm not saying he's in that category, but he'd be up there with speed. You know, he gets a ball in his hands. He can just beat that third or fourth member, uh, defender coming across. If he gets one-on-one with the back row, you, good luck there mm. trying to stop him. You know, and that's what they're trying to do with, you know, Reese Walsh and these blokes out the back of shape. So, um you know, he's got some um, areas to work on defensively, but he's, you know, done a really good job. He broke his thumb pre in the um, uh, Indigenous game. So he sort of put us back a little bit, but he's worked really hard defensively. He knows what his weaknesses are and where we've addressed them. Um, you know, we dress him every training session at some point, and I think he's bought into it. Um, he's not a soft kid and he's not doesn't like contact so we just got to get him to be good at it now so he's not shying away from it. he's just never good at it he's always come through his junior footy being this attacking player that you know let him score one fun i'm going to score two mm. type of attitude um and that doesn't work in the nrl so we've just got to change his at, um, attitude to towards defense and um he's not shying away from it. he's doing a good job and so hopefully we see some real improvement in that area and if we do we're going to have a really good fullback for a long period of time Okay, so Dragons fans, are you excited about the fact that Shane Flanagan's going to be excited about the fact that Tyrell Sloan's going to be your fullback? I think there's so much upside in Tyrell Sloan. Like, you know, it's, he doesn't shy away from contact. He's just got to get better at it. I think that's the, the key point that all Dragons fans would be looking at for that one. Uh, take your thoughts on that one, 300-01-1170. Article appearing in the Fairfax newspapers, Channel 9 News. It's, um, seriously, you could not make... G'day, Jimmy. Is that your SEN Charlie Goodsir article in today's Sydney Morning Herald? Good article, but I wonder how many listeners actually read factual journalism, says Rough Red at Concord. Well, Rough Red, that's right. I had to go searching for it. Um, I was alerted to the fact that there's more to life. Injured ex-player backs tough new concussion guidelines. There's a lovely photo of Charles staring off into the distance. Guess what? He's wearing a lovely Ralph Lauren polo shirt, collar up. Apparently he's got R.M. Williams on, but they, they're not seen. I think the silver spoon is in his right pocket. Not sure. It's either right or left pocket. So there we go. What One thing that it did do is encourage us with a talk topic today. Well, in fact, three of them. So it was either, what is the greatest waste of ink you've ever seen in your life? So I'm telling you, this is getting a couple of nominations. Two, where is it in life that nepotism has run ripe? That's right. Two Buck Chuck's dad basically used to run the City Morning Herald, so join the dots on those ones. And given the fact he is there with his R.M. Williams on and his uh, tan chinos and his Ralph Lauren shirt collar up, when has a stereotype been more like a stereotype? So they're the talk topics that we're contemplating coming out of this article. The fact that it's a very serious one about head injuries is neither here nor there. But it's our man, Tubuck Chuck, and he's hit the big time. So uh, well done to him on that one. And Matty White 
touched on it, but Lewis Hamilton, he's joining Ferrari for 2025. So is that 2024? He's, he's going to have another year at Mercedes. How's Toto going to go with that? He is not in Ferrari. Uh, he's not in Mercedes anymore, Toto. So um, click your heels together on that one. That will be a very interesting watch. As I said with Matty White, I don't think he's ever going to win another Formula One championship, but uh, there you go. He's won seven of them and he's an all-time great. So... Uh, it's an interesting move across to Ferrari. As mentioned, we are only the two hours today. So apparently that's by popular demand. Is that right, Alex? Or that's the, apparently we're doing a 17-minute show next Thursday. No, that's not true. That's not true. But on the back of that, and on the back of what we've been talking about during the course of this week, we're here for two hours today. What should be shorter? Well, four-day test matches, I mean, that's obvious, right? But what what in your life should be shorter? Now, now, just be careful with that, okay? We're talking test cricket to T20 cricket or test cricket to four-day cricket. Um, could we make 80-minute games, 70 minutes, but every time the ball goes out of play that you stop the clock? Where are we looking at with that? I reckon they'd run similar game times. So uh, you've got to help us today. What should be shorter? On the back of the program, doing uh, being one hour shorter today. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 The text line 0457 736 736. All right, let's get ourselves to the break. After that, we're talking NFL with RJ Ochoa. Welcome back to the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 That's the open line number. Now, uh, I've been away for a couple of weeks over in the US, watched a lot of NFL, probably not as much NFL as our next guest. I hope... And remember, hope's not a strategy, but I hope he is okay. RJ Ochoa is on the line. RJ, how do we find you on this fine day? Jimmy, uh, it's great to be with you. You know, I really don't know if the sun has risen um, over the course of the last, whatever it's been, 18 days or anything like that. I've recognized that sports are meaningless and stupid, and assigning your emotional well-being to them is a reckless activity that I will not advise to my son as he matures and grows in life. As everyone who listens to this program knows, you are a massive Cowboys fan. In fact, beyond that, uh, you're actually um, your whole profession is based around the Cowboys. I was there for that weekend. It was incredible to see what the Packers did at Arlington. Um, as a fan, have you have you reconciled that? Are you are you in agreement with General Manager Jerry Jones and his decisions, most notably to keep Mike McCarthy in the head coaching position uh, for next year? You know, I had said really all throughout the season and even back into training camp, and I know I had told you that I, I think, you know, Mike McCarthy was safe, and there was really only a handful of ways that the end of the season could have gone to, to justify moving on because obviously the Cowboys are fighting a lot of history at this point in time. And unfortunately for him, at least as far as my opinion is concerned, the end was within that handful. I mean, it was so bad. Um, and I, I'm never comfortable advocating for somebody to lose their job, but obviously that, that's this gig. Um, I was not a fan. I mean, I thought that you kind of had to purge and move on and kind of clean house. Um, and I'm even less of a fan, not that I'm advocating for an extension from McCarthy, but I'm even less of a fan of going at this in a contract year, lame duck sort of way. Um, you know, obviously Dan Quinn has now left and is, is the head coach of the Washington Commanders. So, how is this defensive coordinator job enticing to anybody? Who wants to sign up, you know, for potentially only a year's worth of work? Um, it just feels like they're half in, half out, and that is not, you know, you said hope isn't a strategy. It's a better strategy than what they've got going on. 
Jerry Jones is well known for being patient with coaches. So, um, you know, which is a strength and a weakness, as we know. But all right, okay. Uh, we know we've got the Super Bowl coming up in about 10 days' time, Super Bowl 58. But first, let's go back. What are the Baltimore Ravens fans thinking at this time? What's Lamar Jackson thinking at this time, knowing that the Chiefs, an understrength Chiefs side, not their best side they've had over the last five years, but that man Mahomes and that man Kelsey, you can't keep them down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you ask about the Ravens because they, you know, I empathize with that team more as a Cowboys fan probably than any other. And, and you know, not in a total commiseration sense, but, um, you know, what what was so such a bummer about the Cowboys loss was they were at home and they had all these things going their way and that broke their direction. I mean, and, and for the Ravens, you know, in that moment against that team, if you can't beat the Chiefs, you know, in the weakest offense that they've ever had or with the weakest offense they've ever had under Mahomes, the weakest version of Kelsey that we've ever seen, when you have been at your highest version of yourself that we've ever seen with a, your quarterback winning his second MVP award, you're at home. I mean, what more has to go your way for yeah. it to be your time? And I think that that's a really depressing kind of reality to try to reckon with as a sports fan, to, to feel like you have a glass ceiling. And um, I, I think that that's a, a long, hard question that Ravens fans are going to have to try and answer over the offseason. That is that were obviously made all the more difficult by their defensive coordinator getting a head coach job as well. Yeah. Uh, what about Mahomes? Do we, we you know, where do where, I don't know whether I even want to ask about ranking him, but you know, I've, I've we've watched his results. Everyone's they're, they're transparent. What what is also been known on the back of that quarterback series? Um, I'm not sure if you watched it or not, but he is, and, and I've said it on this program a number of times. He is the perfect marquee player from his physical preparation, mental preparation, the way he gets around his team, the respect he shows for the organisation. Overall, when you think of Patrick Mahomes, what do you think of, RJ? Yeah, I mean, we really are running out of superlatives for him. Yeah. And, you know, early in, his, early in his career when he experienced such highs, I mean, people were so quick to compare him to all-time greats, and the response was always, hey, this is really early, you know, let's just relax a little bit. But he's at a point where his career resume is, is up there. I mean, it's it's pretty difficult to, to hold him back from any of these all-time conversations now, despite the fact that he's, you know, well south of 30 years old. And I don't think he needs a – I think he could retire tomorrow and, and be a Hall of Fame player. I mean, I think he's, he's accomplished that much already, obviously. And, you know, if they win another Super Bowl, it only adds to the legacy – I'm starting to buy into the fact that, or the idea, I should say, that, that he really does have the potential to outperform Brady. I mean, there's some, you know, some things that have to go your way and you have to catch some luck and you've got to be healthy and all those sorts of things. And, and that's, that's implied and obvious. But he really does have that chance, that potential. He might be the LeBron to Brady's Jordan or whatever, but um, he is, you're right, he's very, very different. And now he's got the legend working for him, similar to all-time greats. I mean, pick your sport, pick your player. I mean, now teams cower at, at facing the Chiefs and facing Mahomes, and they almost manifest his greatness into existence. It's it's really special, and I'm just really grateful it's not, you know, happening to a team that I hate with all of my heart. <laughs> um, I don't know whether you hate the 49ers with all of your heart. I suspect they do as a divisional rival, but what did you make of their, not just their performance against Detroit, but their last couple of performances? Uh, they had to get out of jail against the Packers as well. They were under pressure there. Um, you could argue that Brock Purdy's done it at the back end of the game, but he wasn't getting it done at the front end of the game. How have you seen their couple of games into the Super Bowl? I think that's a great way to put it. That's why they pay you the big bucks. I mean, <laughs> I mean get out of jail free. I mean, that was really well done. Um, 
it does feel a little bit more hollow than, than their last Super Bowl appearance. They feel a little bit more or less formidable. They feel a little bit more gettable, a little bit more beatable. Um, and so, I, I mean, I picked the Chiefs in that Super Bowl, and, and we'll do so again this time around. They, they definitely appear to have weaknesses, and it's, it's obviously funny that they were able to finally execute a comeback under Kyle Shanahan, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. But, I mean, they just seem like the team that is really running on fumes right now. I mean, I talk about, you know, the Cowboys a lot facing and fighting history and chasing ghosts and battling against them. The Niners are doing that just the same. Yeah. I mean, the Niners have obviously had successes and, and been to Super Bowls and lost them now, but their Super Bowl drought is longer than the Cowboys. People don't like to talk about that. And I do think there is this underlying pressure underneath them for this game. I mean, if you go to two Super Bowls in four years and you go to the NFC Championship game three years in a row, four times in five years, and you walk away with nothing, I mean, that is a really hard, you know, kind of place to sit in. And they're on the verge of that. And so I'd I'm I'm really doubting them in the Super Bowl, which is obviously a dangerous thing to do. Uh, just, yeah, it's interesting around Kyle Shanahan. So, you know, we talk a lot about that and up against Andy Reid. And Andy, you know, this affable guy that, uh, you know, sort of grandfatherly type figure. But Shanahan Sharp, you know, the, the, the new wave of NFL coach with uh, incredible offense. But. Does he? He's got. He's got to win one, doesn't he, to to almost secure that reputation that um, Sean McVay has at the LA Rams. Yeah, I mean that's that pressure certainly extends to him. I mean, his he's not only you know fighting history, he's fighting a legacy. I mean, his father has two. I mean, it's it's not just anyone, and and he has obviously been kind of crowned rightfully so as as the you know young hot. I wouldn't say whiz kid. He's he's not you know incredibly useful, but. To your point, his immediate adversary in Sean McVay and their trees are obviously now percolating all throughout the league. He got one, and so he really needs to obviously come home with some hardware in it. If he doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the Cowboys, you know, just a few rounds in the playoffs further, but that's kind of what you are. I mean, yeah. I, I think Niners fans have had a lot of reasons to celebrate over the last few years, but again, at the end of the day, if you lose, and I think if you lose specifically both times to this team, I mean, how can you really regard yourself as the, you know, kind of quote-unquote mandatory go-to high-level offense of the league? You're yeah. not. You're secondary to Patrick Mahomes, and you're proving that over and over again. Uh, just before we get – and it, you've signaled already that you, you think maybe the Chiefs is where you'll be going for this Super Bowl. Uh, the other big news coming out of it, Jim Harbaugh, when I was there, Michigan won the national championship. Uh, the lots of speculation around Jim Harbaugh. It's been done gone to the Chargers, into a big market like Los Angeles, getting paid $16 million a year, nine years since he's been in the NFL. Immediate success, RJ? Hard to bet against that. I mean, he's had that everywhere he's gone. And, you know, it's been at enough levels that I think he's can trust it. And, you know, low-level college football, high-level college football, the NFL, national championship. Um, and even, you know, though they only won one title in Michigan, I mean, he really turned them around and, and was having all sorts of success in the Big Ten and against Ohio State. And, and those are obviously really important things for the Wolverines. But um, Justin Herbert's obviously inordinately talented, and it kind of seemed like a team who wants to spend and wants to be at the forefront and center of discussion. This was really, really, really predictable, and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But, um, I, you know, we've always had the Chargers kind of shoved down our throat. The Internet loves them for this reason or the other. But I do expect them to contend, and I, I do expect them to be in an AFC championship game sooner rather than later. That's Jim Harbaugh. That's what he generally tends to do. And that means his salary makes it all worthwhile, right? 
well, you know, I don't have to write any checks. So, I mean, it's really no sweat <laughs> off my back. But, uh, you know, those, those California state taxes, I don't know if you're aware, they, uh, they will get you here in a minute. Oh, don't worry. 12.5%, uh, Texas zero. Is, is that what we're talking about? That, isn't that why um, Elon Musk lives half a year in Texas or has a residence there? Yeah, I mean, look, we're the Lone Star State, and, and we have, you know, our fair share of issues, believe me. But when it comes to state income tax, nobody t- – well, I guess Florida touches us. But, you know, they've got their own mess of issues as well. Uh, what would you say if I said the market here has the San Francisco 49ers? This is at topsport.com.au. $1.74 favorites. The Kansas City Chiefs, $2.11. The line, 2 I would say I've, I've learned my lesson. I've, I've been touching this hot stove. I picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs. I picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. I'm, I'm not going to do it a third time in a row. And I, I mean, I, I kind of get it. I sort of logically understand it. But, I mean, we just have an overwhelming amount of evidence at this point in time. So if you can get the Chiefs and points at this, you know, juncture – Jump all over it in my mind. I, I'm not going to bet against them for a very, very, very long time. Okay, and not only that, the plus two is a dollar ninety fell compared to a, the minus two at a dollar eighty seven. So there you go. And to be honest, I'm well and truly in your camp on that one, RJ. Um, mate, great to hear that things are okay without being completely rosy over there in the Lone Star State. Um, I know you would have taken that very, very tough the 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 bowing out of the Dallas Cowboys, but really appreciate your input today, mate. Thanks, Jimmy. You know what? It's all good. It's basketball season. Thankfully, I'm a Spurs fan, so life sucks there as well. Uh, we miss Patty Mills every day. Every day. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. So, Ronnie Griffiths, the coach of the All-Stars, the Indigenous All-Stars, he'll be on the program uh, after 1.30. So make sure you're listening in for that. We'll get some clarification from Ronnie about uh, exactly what players that he will have available. Good afternoon, Dribbler. Oh, seems... Might be accurate. Uh, so what should be shorter? NFL should be shortened to five-minute quarters. Okay, all right. Okay, thank you, FP. Uh, don't forget about Isaiah Pacheco, Jimmy. He'd run through a brick wall. Says 554, who wrote, says 554. Yes, yes, he would. He's a very good player. Uh, afternoon, Jimmy. Things that should be shorter for me would be the length of stoppages in the NFL. So Junior Smithy saying that. Well, that's all by design, right? The TV that's, we know why they're doing that. Uh, dollars, I think, is... Uh, afternoon, Jimmy. What I'd love to have shorter is a lunch break in a five-day test. That would make a huge difference. Cheers, says 115. Well, oh, lunch break. Well, the lunch break should be half an hour. I don't know why it's 40 minutes. Oh, well, I do know, actually. In 1877, they had a 40-minute break for lunch. So that's why they have a 40-minute break for lunch in 2024. Work that one out. Time for a sports update. All right. Whoa. Who with? Who's doing it? It's generic, Jimmy. <laughs> it's generic. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. It's you today. How oh, are you, Maestro? And it is my pleasure to be here. How are you, Jimmy? I'm Hello well. to the listeners. Yeah. Welcome to the afternoon's program. You okay? We've got an abbreviated program today. I think I'll, I'll live, Jimmy. Okay. I'll live. Uh, what should be shorter? What should be shorter? Um, I've got a few things. Mm. I've got a bit of a list. Not our show is number one. <laughs> um, I love the cricket, but not that much. We should have another hour. Anyway, um, election campaigns. Election campaigns. I like just, that. Just forever. And it, particularly in the States at the moment. Oh, I don't yeah. want any more notifications popping up about who's won this primary. I, I don't care. Okay. Um, right. In a sporting sense, and there seems to be a common theme on the text line that I'm going to chip into, the last five minutes of basketball games. Right. They stretch out forever. And 
I can understand it a little bit by design as well. But we had the case on Sunday when we were on air together. Yes. Well, I was behind the panel here and you were out calling that game between Melbourne United and the Sydney Kings. Great yes. upset. The Kings played well. Atmosphere came through beautifully. Yes. But we're sitting there waiting as timeouts keep getting taken. And there's a review for a, a call that was having no impact on Zero the result impact. of the game. And still, they're going over to stare at screens for three, four minutes. Uh, Kings up by eight, 2.1 seconds remaining on the clock. And so in the end, we just went to an ad break because yeah, we had to. That's exactly right. Uh, it <sighs> just makes no sense to me. And if you had aliens come in from outer space yes, and you go to, oh, look, we've got this really good sport. We've got Michael Jordan. He's going to play with a bunch of Looney Tunes against you. But then you yes. go, oh, by the way, um, the last three minutes is actually going to take closer to 20 and 10 of that is going to be guys in grey standing around a TV screen yeah. watching replays. Uh, not a fan. Okay, if it's tight, if it means something, then yes, I understand. If okay. it, you're eight points apart with 2.1 seconds remaining, but let's, even that let's pro- roll, guys. Even that process is dreadful. Having the referees come over to look at a screen, yeah. ha- have a fourth official. Can we also get the camera? You know how all the Instagram people get the photos taken from above. Can we also get the camera from above? Because they're looking down and they all got double chins. Mm. So I think they're all, <laughs> they're all a little worried about that. Um, rugby league sense, I want a shorter time dedicated to the video referee. So I we, want put, we, we put a clock on the scrum. We put a clock on dropouts. Uh, do you want to no, 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 put no, a no. clock on I the video less, referee? I want a less... A lessening of the decisions they are allowed to rule. Ah, okay. All that right. old chestnut. Okay. Scoring plays, that's it. Scoring plays. That's all plays. you need it for. Right. What about, so I say this, and then people say, what about unfair play? So in the background, the video referee can pick up an elbow. What are the touch, that's, is this I, not I know the job that, of the touch that's, judges? It is the job of the touch judges, but the touch judge may have missed it. You've got six pairs of, well, six eyes there. Mm. Three pairs of them. Mm. Pick it up. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm over that. Okay, let's get to this this sports update proper. Cricket starting this afternoon, 2 p.m., Australia versus the West Indies. Now, I wanted to have this discussion with you quickly before we move on to the rest. Yes. I want these series to have more context. I want meaning back in the Frank Worrell Trophy. Yes. It's been talked about a little bit. It happens in the women's cricket. Really good effect too, doesn't it? Tests are worth four points. ODIs are worth two, two points. points. T20, two point. one point. It would give... These last six matches against the West Indies, relevance, meaning, context, all uh, the things we care about when it comes to sport, instead, they'll be forgotten about. Unless we had a three-test series. Like if you've got a two-test series or a four-test series. Mm. Anywhere, anywhere that there's, there's a chance of – well, even a four-test series. Anywhere there's a chance of being locked together after yeah. the two-test series. I, I can't get my head around why that hasn't been explored in the men's game. Okay. Uh, I think there's – a higher likelihood as well. Not a certainty. I still think there'd be players rested for Australia, but you think Mish Marsh should be missing these games yeah. if, it, if it meant something? Yeah, the, the Frank Wild Trophy's so, on the line. And yeah. there's people paying to go to these games. We That's talk right. about value for the consumer and, and the fan all the time on this program. What did we say? No Cummins, no Stark, no Hazelwood, no Warner, we know that, but no Marsh. Yeah. Five. I think you get at least, I think you probably get Mitch Stark maybe. I know he's had a heavy workload this summer, but he loves bowling with a white ball. He does, but he's going to play in the IPL again this year. And then, yeah, well, <laughs> ching, ching. Got to look after and, himself. Uh, and, Mitch Mar- and Mitch Marsh would be playing. I, I think there's very little doubt about that. Is if, Mitch- if these games meant something. I spoke to a mate, uh, the great Justin Dooley, over in South Australia, right? And you know what? Mitch Marsh is now his favourite cricketer. 
How, um, can, how can you not be? Exactly. It's just the most endearing human being probably to come out of the Australian cricket side. Definitely in the last 10 years. Certainly Western Australia. And certainly. <laughs> wow. Oh, hello, well, come on. Hello to Damien Martin. Listening on the. <laughs> listening on the yeah, my goodness. Uh, actually, I would say Brendan Julian. He's Brendan Julian. Yeah. BJ's. BJ's. You enjoy good, his work? He's, good, uh, he's a good fella. Okay. Yep. So have you seen that? 0457 736 736. We'd love to get the listeners' view on. Should we. Be playing for something. I, I just think the Frank Worrell Trophy, particularly 80s, 90s, when you were growing up, learning to love cricket, Jimmy, it, it meant almost as much as the Ashes. Now it's forgotten about. Yeah. There's a it, lot of people in my generation who wouldn't know the name of it. No. Which no. is sad, I think. Uh, sign of the times, though. Yes, of sign, course. Sign of, of course. the times. Um, yeah. EPL, very quickly. Men United came from behind. Oh, no. Actually took the lead. Then were caught up by Wolves. And then scored a 97th minute winner. To claim a 4-3 win at Molyneux. Fergie time. Yeah, and uh, West Ham <laughs> drew one all with Bournemouth. Those are the scores from the EPL overnight. South, soccer is versus South Korea tomorrow morning, 2.30 a.m. you be final. up? Yeah. Okay. But you, be are, you are a night out too, yeah, exactly. so we've got to remember that. Right. Uh, thank you, Maestro. Hi, Jimmy. You should ring Matt White. Ask him what should be shorter. My guess, 2 a.m. Tommy's airtime. <laughs> Not bad, Junior Smitty. We'll run mm. with that. All right, break and more of your texts. All righty, we've got a heap of text messages here, and apologies if we don't get through them uh, during the course of the abbreviated program, not by our design. Uh, Leo Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy coming up very shortly. We'll speak to Ronnie Griffiths too, the coach of the All-Stars, coach of the New South Wales Cup team for Newcastle. So uh, lots to talk about with Ronnie. For SBS Fence, remember portable fence and toilet hire. Check out Alex and the team at sbsfence.com.au. Jimmy, I draw your attention to a media release put out by the Holman Barnes Group, a.k.a. West Ashfield Leagues Club, citing that only two nominations for the board of directors were received, with Rick Wade and Tony Andriacchio being returned for a further three years. The problem with this, though, is that members of West Ashfield were not informed nominations had opened. No. Stormy Daniel from Prairiewood, surely. There was no communique, no letter, no email, nothing. How can Western Suburbs and West Tigers NRL members evoke real change if they are being deceived and not being made aware of board elections? Both men still wield power despite the Crawford Barney review. Governance still remains an issue within the West's ecosystem. So Stormy Daniel, I know, is all across that. I have had other communique from other people involved in that situation as well. So it's if that is the case, come on. Really? 2024? We're doing that? For what end? For what purpose? Why? Anyway, we're all there to make the club better, aren't we? Aren't we? Formula One news is so dull. Why isn't the All-Star game in Vegas? Bathurst Bulldog. Don't worry, Bathurst Bulldog. Footy's just around the corner. What do we say? It's two weeks. Two weeks away. So, And then they have the first week of the pre-season channel. Uh, challenge. What you're saying about the contact details, Jimmy, is that it's Groundhog Day. Oh, look, it's February 2nd. Groundhog Day! Is that right, Paramount? Is Groundhog Day punks a tawny feel and all of that sort of stuff? Okay, we'll take your word for that one. Uh, Willow from Windsor, we were talking about what needs to be shorter. The amount of time the bunker takes to try and find a fingernail on the ball should be shorter. Maybe the bunker should have the hotspot or the snicker for the fingernail touch. Well, the technology, you wouldn't put it past them. Willow from Windsor. Uh, thank you for that. We're well, no, not necessarily making it shorter, but I might have a way to make one-day internationals more interesting, both teams bat 
for two innings of 20 overs, like a one-day test match. This would allow the batsmen to be flamboyant, like in a T20, whilst also giving each team a second innings to redeem themselves or collapse and keep the match a contest for longer. It's all wrapped up in a day's play. So you're saying, Gav, from Penrith, so you've got 10 wickets and 10 wickets, not, hey, you've got 10 wickets, you bat 20 overs, and then you bat 20 overs, and you resume it, you know, four for 62 or whatever it happens to be. So this is Gav from Penrith. I don't, not sure about those wickets. If you if you said twenty five overs and you bat, we used to play in a game called the Bradman Letter Game. Uh, it was Cootamundra under sixteens versus Barrel under sixteens, and that used to be you bat for twenty five overs, then you'd bowl for twenty five overs, and then because of the the lights would come into play at Fisher Park at Cootamundra, so you you all got a chance to bat and bowl under lights. But that I could I could go with Gav. Uh, question from Rooster Mars: What should be shorter? Uh, the answer is AFLW games. Thank you, Rooster Mars. That's a bit of a bugbear of yours, isn't it? Uh, Greenkeeping Rooster, afternoon, James. I know Live Golf is already doing it, but I love their idea of 54 hole tournaments. Uh, keep 72 holes for the majors, but 54 holes for normal tournaments is the way of the future for golf. I don't know whether that is the way of the future. Um, franchise golf. Did I hear Lucas Herbert's getting all excited about joining Ripper GC? which is Cam Smith's, uh, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> you see the check that he's going to get. But 54 holes, I don't know. I'm a bit of a, I mean, this is running contrary to what I think about a lot of other things, but the 54 holes for golf, that doesn't quite sit right with me. Anyway, Troy has said, if the ARLC is genuinely committed to expanding rugby league, so we're talking about where's the next franchise, the individuals at board level need to wrest influence away from regressive and avaricious NRL club bosses comprise uh, compromised by vested interest and old world anachronisms. Holy. Funding the Queensland and New South Wales Cup competitions should be the imperative. So that's from, from Troy. So I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, no one's ever said they've been overfunded, have they, those New South Wales and Queensland Cup? Underfunded? Maybe. Certainly not. Overfunded. So there you go. What should be shorter? Gary from Newtown. Set airtime on SEN. Thank you, Rooster Ron. A uh, little bit harsh. Poor old Gaz. Uh, that was all thanks to sbsfence.com.au. Let's get ourselves to a break and then we're wrapping up hour one. Ah, righto. We are flying and we've got lots of text messages coming in. So apologies if I don't get to all of them. Hi, Jimmy. Regarding a new team in PNG, all national sporting organisations and bodies ask for government funding. Even big corporate leagues like the NRL and the AFL get funding. However, this should be totally around infrastructure and private-public partnerships for community and grassroots level. You cannot have a federal government fund an NRL team. It's ridiculous. We are not Venezuela. <laughs> Cheers from James. It's a... It's an interesting one, isn't it? And yet, and yet I challenge you, do you feel safe? Do you want to be safe? Because that's your options, right? How else? I know. Let's build enough submarines to stop China, yeah? That's going to cost a little more than $600 million. So, But here's the other thing. Does a rugby league team in Port Moresby, based out of Cairns, stop China? <laughs> lot to get through. We'll get through some more of that stuff with Leo Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy. Ronnie Griffiths. The Indigenous All-Stars coach. All that coming up after the news. Stick around. All righty. Welcome back to the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Give us a call. You want to be a part of that. 0457 736 736. Look, let's pull back the curtain a little on this one. What I will say is that 
um, in all his time here, which is over two years, Coach K never knocked over my cup of tea <laughs> all over the desk. But that's okay, Mulchy. That's all right, Maestro. These things happen. Uh, we're right. We're right. Um, we've got Leo Shanahan. He's the director at Freshwater Strategy. He's coming up. Uh, very shortly, we'll talk a lot about what's happening in the world of rugby union, most notably the Melbourne Rebels, but we'll also get his thoughts about uh, what he thinks might be happening in the National Rugby League. So we've got one competition contracting. Well, the Rebels are going to be there for 2024 and another competition expanding in the National Rugby League. And Ronnie Griffiths will be our special guest, the Indigenous All-Stars coach. He's the coach of the Newcastle, New South Wales Cup side. And, of course, he's won back-to-back NRLW premierships with Newcastle. So always good to have a chat with him. What should be shorter? That is our talk topic for today. Uh, and a lot of people having their say on that one. Um, so we're going to – which is all right, Al. Uh, we'll be fine. Um, so keep those text messages coming through. In fact, I might just go through to – I've got to get access to those text messages. Al. Where am I going to get that? What if I come around the corner? Yeah, hang on a minute. So you just talk amongst yourselves when uh, I'll be ready to talk to you via the text line, which we can do right now. So it's the same as a test match, except each innings goes for a maximum of 20 overs. Each team bats twice. So there we go. Clarification from Gav from Penrith. who goes on to say a little bit more on that one. Played the Bradman letter too, Jimmy. This is Skip from Robertson. Oh, so the getting ring-ins from Robertson to play with the barrel side. Mate, it was only Kudam... Well, Wallenbean, I suppose. Um, what a great concept for kids. We played four games out that way, with the main game being the Bradman letter. Yeah, and it was played under lights too, which was a thrill. I only played it a couple of times as a, as a really youngster, but, um, yeah, it, it was a big deal for the town. How did it come about? Don Bradman wrote a letter when he was at Barrel and, and talked about having a, a challenge game between... Barrel and Cootamundra. So that was um, it was embraced wholeheartedly uh, by the town. There's, there's no doubt about that. Hey, Jimmy, with Wayne Bennett available next year, do the Tigers go all out to get him at the club to help Benji Marshall? Or do Parramatta throw the checkbook at him for a two-year de- uh, deal? Brad Arthur's been there for a while now, and it is time for a change. That's from JJ. That's a really interesting point. So... Wayne Bennett obviously is not coaching. The succession plan has been put in place that Christian Wolf will take over from the Dolphins. I think there is an offer for Wayne to stay there in some capacity with the Dolphins. But I would suggest that Wayne is all about, uh, and, and this is not a criticism, Wayne is all about you know, um, resetting the record books. He's already got the record and maybe it's un, unattainable for anyone else, but uh, I think he'd be interested in coaching. I think it's unfortunate for for Benji, well, we have to wait and see how this season plays out, and everything's been positive thus far. But as Adrian Prezenko said yesterday, they haven't lost a game yet, the West Tigers, yet. Uh, we're yet to play round one. But Wayne Bennett working with Benji Marshall, knowing their relationship, that that would be something. And I, I reckon if you're Benji Marshall, now, depending on how he goes in 2024, are you actually able to take the back seat and say, yes. I do want to work with Wayne Bennett because whichever way you look at it, it's going to be an improvement for you. The Parramatta situation is a really interesting one. I think this is an incredibly uh, pressurised year for Brad Arthur um, because of, and, and Adrian mentioned it yesterday, two years ago they were in the grand final Parramatta. Everyone said the window closed and guess what? The window closed, shut hard on them and that was outside of the eight for last year. And this year they've got big seasons required from their big 
their high-paid uh, high-profile players. Like you've got Dylan Brown, you've got Mitchell Moses in particular, Clint Gutherson, um, all those players. Junior Barlow, Regan Campbell Gillard. They they are all being asked to perform at the best level, their best level, and to make themselves competitive. And and that that and if Brad Arthur can't do that, then I think you're going to have to start looking somewhere else. Uh, Jimmy, how can Kalen Ponga rule himself out of the All-Stars game, but the Roosters players can't? Am I missing something? Andrew from Manling Weather. So that's a very good question. We can ask this about Ronnie Griffiths, about whether anyone's made an approach to him. So uh, that would be... I, I don't know, Andrew from Manling Weather. Um, maybe he's had a setback in his training. Uh, maybe it's... it's and, and therefore it's... Uh, maybe he feels he's not ready. It's an interesting one. Uh, that game up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, and it's on Friday the 16th of February. So it's just a couple of weeks away. Um, as for Kalen Ponga playing in that game, I guess if you're – and, and this doesn't make it right, Andrew, from Manly Weather, but if you're a Newcastle Knights fan and he doesn't play, you're happy, which you know, is not it's not the right way to go about it. And you know every club will say, hey – we support the the All Stars game. It's very important, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But doing that, um, yeah. I, I, if you're a Newcastle fan, you're absolutely ecstatic with that. Uh, G'day, Smitty. The other day you had a bit of a go. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Rooster Muzz has had a go at John from Harrington Park. I can't help but think, Rooster Muzz, that that is all related to the fact that you're a Roosters fan and he's a Rabbitohs fan, which. Um, wouldn't surprise anyone, I guess. Uh, keep the text coming in. Leo Shanahan coming up uh, very shortly. Actually, uh, one more. This is a good point, Timmy, because I think there are some Scandinavian countries that are going to a a four-day week. But, Jimmy, what should be shorter is the working week, putting more emphasis on family and fun instead of grinding out long, hard days and weeks. So I'm sure there is... A Scandinavian country, and we'll get we'll get Maestro to have a look at this. A Scandinavian country that has gone to a four day working week, and for all sorts of reasons, they are having benefits uh, associated with it. So the idea of working less, no, working less days. You just work more hours on those other days. So you're not ostensibly working less, as it were. So if you've got an hourly rate or you've got to get stuff done. Um, you're not you're not working less. You're just packing it all into four days. Um, as someone who is going to go to, well, it'll be five days a week doing your Sundays, but uh, Wednesdays it'll be the captain's run with Dan and Kemp and Cam Smith. Uh, and so as someone who's going to go to a four-day working week, I am so much in favour of it. So much in favour of it. So um, something to think about from that. Jimmy, what should be shorter? As a man who is vertically challenged, I won't nominate myself, uh, but if, I'd be surprised if Joel Kane hasn't already texted in pushing his 60-minute game proposal with 12 players. Shorter game with less players is Sugar's utopia. I do like the concept of stopping the clock when the ball is out of play. That's a no-brainer and should be happening now. Yeah, that's what I'd be in favour of. Uh, and we talk about stoppage in play. Well, we talk about it a lot in rugby league, but we talk about it in rugby union as well. They've got a lot less ball in play. But... Um, from a from a rugby league point of view, it happens in every other, like the AFL do it, basketball does it. The ball's out of play. Stop the clock. Now, it, it, based on what we've got at the moment, it'd take forever 
to get through 80 minutes. But I think there's a bit of merit in that. Good on you, Stormy Daniel from Prairiewood. Keep those coming in. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line 0457-736-736. Up next, though, Leo Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy. A regular on a Friday afternoon. It's always great to get one of the directors from Freshwater Strategy. Today, it is our man, Leo Shanahan. He's on the line. G'day, Leo. G'day, Jimmy. You got me? I got you. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Um, what's not loud and clear is what the Rugby Australia is going to do with the Melbourne <laughs> Rebels. We, we know they're investing or, or, or guaranteeing their existence for 2024, but what do we anticipate beyond that? Look, uh, I think that is the uh, $9 million question. Uh, yes. That, of course, being the amount of money that they're in debt. Um, look, uh, there is a process going on, as there often is in these cases, where a, uh, a team goes through administration, PwC overseeing that. Uh, the full extent of these debts is often larger uh, upon further examination. Uh, I'm not suggesting that's necessarily the case, but it often is. Uh, um, the RA has committed to playing, paying the players uh, for this 2024 season, which mm. is good for them. It gives them at least some security. But you've got uh, and guaranteeing their existence, obviously, in the league. Um, but what happens a year on? Look, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to hazard a guess. It, perhaps what it does do, and this is some silver lining in, in, in all of this, Jimmy, is give RA that element of control that they've been seeking Yep. Uh, for at least one of the franchises, which is very direct. Now, uh, for all the failings of uh, Super Rugby and Rugby Australia, you still have a Super Rugby licence there and it's got value on the market. So if you can establish an investor, maybe RA takes carriage of that team for several seasons, if you can find that. There's some talk that that will be done in conjunction, perhaps, uh, with uh, Victorian government funding. Uh, they've come to the party before, but perhaps Victorian government is not in the business of bailing out sports anymore. We've seen their, their attitude towards the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So, um, but what it could possibly do is give RA the ability to, I suppose, uh, refocus, reset uh, that franchise and possibly uh, sell it off in, in coming years to a new, in, say, high-quality investor. Yeah, okay, which I totally understand that point of view. What about this point of view, Leo? What about if Rugby Australia take the step back? And, and I asked the question uh, a couple of days ago uh, when the news first broke around the Melbourne Rebels. What have the Melbourne Rebels contributed as far as the, the mm. growth and health of, of rugby in this country? And I, I reckon if you're looking at it from player development, if you're looking at it from uh, garnering the attention of fans, success on field and off field, I reckon there's a big question marks around it. Yeah, look, I think that's a fair enough point as well. I mean, the crowds uh, haven't been overwhelming. There's been a very limited success, certainly no, no title. Um, rarely have they been in competition for the for these semis. Um, so, and there's an argument too that by spreading some of that talent, that uh, rugby talent, some of those big name players that they have attracted over the years, um, it almost it almost diffuses the ability of those players to play in stronger clubs, and therefore uh, maybe some of the alignment that you'd see with the Wallabies um, yep. isn't there. Uh, however. Uh, there is always the classic line and there is a lot of truth to it. If you don't grow the game, 
if you don't expand franchises, you're never going to grow the game. And if you want to be a niche East Coast private school sport, as rugby is characterised as, um, you know, not expanding to a market like Melbourne uh, will only guarantee that. That being said, is there an argument now that, you know, RA is going to start trying to find, to do something rather, you know, adventurous, shall we say, or even tricky with the licence? There's been concern around the way the Brumbies, uh, are, you know, have, have been managed, although the Brumbies, from my understanding, are very, you know, viable financial position, um, albeit, you know, a, a tough one. Yep. Um, does Rugby Australia try and do something funny with sort of the licence, so like a relocation or a dual location between, you know, Melbourne and, and, and Canberra? You'd think they'd be mad to pull them out of Canberra altogether given the success of the Brumbies over the years, and it's one of the few actual rugby kind of cities in that sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's it's all on, and this goes to, I think, Jimmy, to parlay into some of the work that Freshwater's been doing on on rugby on um, rugby Australia in the state of rugby union in this country. Yeah, yeah. which, yeah, uh, that was the next part of it. Freshwater strategy have just put out state of the rugby union 2024. Uh, key findings coming out of that one, and I'm, I'm looking at them um, all br- uh, briefly, Leo, and that is basically there's a, a huge amount of dissatisfaction with rugby union fans about the way things are playing out at, at an elite level and at a grassroots level. Uh, level. How do you change that? Yeah, well, this was conducted uh, with, uh, with um, over 800 rugby union fans in the country um, on, on proper uh, on, on proper research standards uh, by our head of research, Dr. Mike Turner. And yeah, almost two thirds of rugby fans in this country, 61%, say the sport is heading in the wrong direction. More than two thirds of rugby fans, 69%, so rugby Australia doing a poor job, and many lack confidence. Uh, in the ability of that organisation to get the game back on track. Um, and uh, 71% say they're dissatisfied uh, with the development of the grassroots game. And uh, the 87% uh, say the game is, they, they sorry, they need to prioritise growth in recruiting talent from other sporting codes um, and ensuring that the Wallabies win more games, 67%. So... Interestingly, there was a finding that um, that uh, there should be contracted players at a school age um, to yeah. hold on to that school age talent, uh, which rugby has been hesitant given its uh, its its history as a kind of amateur sport uh, in the past to do. Now it does do it, but uh, obviously rugby's been losing these great young talents to rugby league, Suwali, yeah. uh, Crichton, etc. Uh, both the Roosters, conveniently. It always seems to be the Roosters. I don't know why that is. Um, hey, hey, hey. Cam Murray from the Rabbitohs says g'day as well, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, look, these are these are fascinating findings and obviously um, do not bode well for the management of the sport and, and, indeed, the performance of the Wallabies. Most people think we're not going to win the Lions series and that's Wallabies fans yeah. as well. This was done before the appointment of um, Schmidt as the new Wallabies coach. Obviously, I think largely, uh, you know, it's largely agreed that he's a great appointment. Um, but uh, the findings are that he should be staying on, that the new Wallabies coach should be staying on uh, to the next World Cup. And that at this stage is not what Schmidt's commitment is. Mm. Just on that contracting of school-age players. So that might work both ways for, well, it might work in one way for the rugby union, but 
a different way for the school itself. Because I just want, I'm thinking about Cam Murray and his father uh, was actually a rugby league player. So I don't know if he went mm. to the school as to play rugby just for the school or he went to the school to play rugby, which would be a key. And, mm. and if they start talking about, well, you have to sign up now for Rugby Australia, they say, well, we won't go to the school. And it's a good point. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if these, if, if these guys are good at playing um, both sports, they have and, and should have the right to choose uh, which sport they choose you know, they pursue professionally. Obviously, rugby league's got more money and it's got, got a greater status, frankly, if you're, you know, living in Sydney or Brisbane, it's probably a lot more fun to be a rugby league player day-to-day in a, in a big club uh, than it is to be a rugby union player and hope that you get picked up for the Wallabies. Um, so it is hard to make these players choose, especially at a young age. I mean, I went to a, I went to a rugby school in Canberra that, uh, you know, it's hugely talented players, including Matt, Matt Guido. And, uh, yeah. you know, these guys were playing rugby league up until both sports, you know, often on the weekend, up until their late teens. Yeah. Um, even if they'd made a commitment to the union. So it's, it is interesting, um, but there's the how do you professionalise that early on for rugby union? Because that's, you know, not their traditional structure. Yeah. It's, it's, with, it's within schools and it still harks back to their to rugby union's um, amateur roots. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Guido, of course, Matt's dad, was a, a great centre for the Western Suburbs Magpies and the Canberra Raiders. So uh, rugby, yeah. league, rugby league pedigree there. Just on rugby league, and, and if we may be potentially talking about a retraction of the Super Rugby number of franchises. We're talking about an expansion from an NRL point of view, and there's lots of question marks mm. around P&G for lots of different reasons. And I know this is outside of the scope of any work that you've done, but do you have any thoughts on that, Leo? Everyone seems to be questioning... Well, why would you go to Port Moresby when Perth are crying out for a team? Well, yeah, look, um, we actually have been working in relation to the Perth bid. Uh, and, you know, and we've, we've been on the record with that. And, uh, you know, we think Perth is by far and away uh, the most suitable option. It's, it's an incredible city. Uh, it's, it's sports mad. It sits within... Rather than its time zone being a detriment, it would be a huge advantage. Yes. Uh, you could play within, you know, you could have a Friday night uh, late game. You could you could have a Saturday night game that's Sunday afternoon in Perth. You could play, you could have coast-to-coast games like you do in the NFL. There's all sorts of things you could do, and really, and broadcasters love that. Um, the money would be there in terms of sponsorship overnight and the ability to attract talent. I mean, put, put the financial burden right, that a PNG team would place on the Australian taxpayer aside, because this is really what we're talking about when yeah. it gets down to brass tax. The Australian taxpayer is going to pay for this, uh, millions of dollars, uh, and then we're going to be in a position whereby they have to attract talent to play out of Port Moresby. Now, at, at, at least some games, because otherwise this defeats the purpose of having a PNG team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you want to a, a, attract you know, you tell these young players that their family's going to live there or that they're going to live away from their families in Port Moresby for months at a time. Um, whilst in Perth, you have this great lifestyle that will not only will attract players yeah. and you'll have, you know, there's incredible deals, obviously. Um, the possibility that Perth could, uh, as discussed later last year, could uh, team up with um, uh, the Newtown Jets franchise you know, Perth Jets, wouldn't that be amazing? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a perfect fit. Imagine having, you know, Jets v Tigers at Leichhardt Oval. I mean, it's, it'd be incredible. You could play a couple of home games there. So, look, I, I think, um, 
you're, you're, you're preaching the converted on that basis, yeah. uh, Jimmy. That's a Perth is the option, 100%. Uh, play out of Port Moresby, coach out of Port Moresby, administer out of Port Moresby. There is as many people going up there to work in the new franchises as there is to play in the new franchises. So that that's compounded as well. Leo, we've got to fly, mate. As always, great to chat, buddy. Thank you, Jimmy. Take Leo. care. Leo Shanahan there, Director of Freshwater Strategy, makes a whole heap of sense. They are doing great stuff in the market too, Freshwater. They are engaged in all sorts of uh, things at the elite level, um, talking about, and, you know, big concepts. Where do we put this NRL club? What do we do with this Super Rugby franchise? So always great to speak to Leo and the team at Freshwater Strategy. We've got to get to a break. After that, we're back with more. All righty, uh, we've got to get to the news because after that we've got Ronnie Griffiths coming out. He is the coach of the Indigenous All-Stars team. Jimmy, game management and clock management is a fine art. As a lover of NFL and NRL, a three-hour game is a bit long, but maybe introduce a five-minute warning where the game could be stopped at the end of each half. That could be interesting, says Cappy at Para. And on BA, have massive respect for our coach and brought us back from the bottom of the table. Had to make some really tough calls, especially surrounding... Nathan Peets, et cetera, tough year last season. They will bounce back. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Brad Arthur isn't a, a, a good coach. But, you know, how long do you get? Um, that's 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 the point there. Case in point, Jimmy, the captain of the under-16 Waratahs is doing the preseason with the Tigers, says Mick. So it's, it's, it's very fluid, the crossover at that level. Um, I don't know, where does that captain of the under-16 Waratahs go to school, Mick? Maybe you can enlighten me on that. And why don't you tell us who the player is? That'd be good too. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 The text line 0457-736-736. Let's get to the news. And then after that, we're back with Ronnie Griffiths. Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. Uh, just looking to get hold of uh, Ronnie Griffiths. We'll do that very shortly. So uh, we were talking, uh, obviously, earlier. Well, we're only a two-hour show today. So if you've got something to say, if you want to tell us something, get in quickly <laughs> because we're going to finish up at 2 o'clock. So um, uh, happy to take your calls on the open line as well, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 What should be shorter, it's a wonder some of the inmates haven't rung in from Long Bay or Silverwater. Shorter sentencing, I'm typically says five five four. Yeah, I, I guess if you get a f- one phone call, do you, do you do you ring the afternoon show on SEN? I don't know. Uh, certainly each to their own on that one. On a teeny large at Scots College says Mick, and Mick he's got a brother, hasn't he? That's also at Scots College, who I think is a very talented uh, younger player. So I think from the Campbelltown area, uh, but over there at Scots College. So thank you for that. Um, and, yeah, it's it's interesting. So here's the question. Does Onatini Large go to Scots College if they said, oh, and by the way, you have to sign a Rugby Australia contract that keeps you contracted to them for two or three years straight out of school? Or do you want to play rugby league? So it's interesting. NRL should buy the Rebels and turn it into a second Melbourne side, says the Dirty Flamingo. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> if I'm the NRL, I'm certainly not... Uh, one, putting a second team in Melbourne, but also taking on the $9 million in debt. And as Leo said, and who knows what lies beneath. Um, but no, I'd, a second side in Melbourne, not for me, Dirty Flamingo. Uh, if you're complaining about working too long, you're not working hard enough, says Chase. So there you go, a bit old school. So uh, thank you for that, Chase. Don't necessarily disagree with you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 That is the open line number. So uh, let's go to the open line now. Simon is there to have his say. G'day, Simon. Jimmy, how you going, matey? Really well, thanks, buddy. What do you got for us today? 
not much. I won't take long. Um, what are your views on the new rule that the NRL is going to bring in where when you take that dropout, if you kick it out on a pool, it's no longer a penalty. You get back basically 10, 10 in front. I'm not a fan, to be honest with you. I think if you're not good enough to keep the ball in play, why are you, you should be penalising. The two points should be available for the team that gets the penalty. In this case, you're now going to get the, you know, the play the ball. What happens if there's only five seconds to go and you're down by two? You can't, you know, how are you going to, you have to score to basically, um, you know, win the game and, this, and not have the ability to be able to draw it and go into extra time. Okay, so in that particular scenario, and this all happened while I was overseas, but I did I did read it with interest. In that particular scenario, it's actually the NRL would be really happy with that because you'd be forced to go for the try. So, you know, I, I'm always a fan of a try above all else. You know, golden try is what I'm a fan of um, from the outset. So um, what it, it's interesting that what they're doing is manipulating the rules to encourage greater contests for the ball. Do you agree with that, Simon? Yeah, if that's the case, then why isn't the scrum contested? And and and, and 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 so that's exactly why, because the scrum aren't a contest for the ball. So, exactly. do, so, so if we look at it from that point of view, aesthetically, Contesting the ball in a scrum, and I mean that from a TV point of view, that's not very interesting. And a big hello to you, Rugby Union. You know what used to be another con- – so so the one-on-one strip is a contest for the ball, right, that can happen at any stage of the game. Here's the other one that used to be in the game of rugby league that we no longer see now. And so blokes like Benny Elias and Mario Fennick and, and George Pig raking it back in the play the ball no longer allowed and therefore a contest for the ball has been taken away they want more contests for the ball and, and if if this is done um, deliberately or, or, or manufactured in a way by alleviating some of the concerns of well why would I do a dropout if I get it wrong it's going to cost us two points under the sticks I don't mind it I I, I think there's I I he's Here's my prediction from a long way out, right? Well, a month out. And that is that more clubs will do shorter kickoffs, uh, shorter dropouts uh, throughout the course of the games. Why? Because I think they've now got a data set that is wide enough for them to say, okay, if we do it, this is the possibility of us getting the ball back and this is the possibility of them scoring within this space of time. All good, mate. Thanks for your view. Have a great weekend, mate. You have a great weekend as well, Simon. Thank you for that. Good call. Yeah, so that did happen in my absence, but uh, interesting, the the shorter dropouts and the shorter kickoffs, I reckon that's going to be a feature more of the National Rugby League, which is a positive, which is a positive in in my opinion when you get uh, more competitions for the ball. Now, Skip has clarified, it was a combined Southern Highlands team, Jimmy, that played for the Bradman letter. A great thrill for us under-16 kids to play under lights. You wouldn't get me playing for a barrel team. No, fair enough, Skip. You would. You just wouldn't want that, would you? Uh, Smithy and Mulchy. So, Rooster Muzz. I don't expect it to be read on air, but did you blokes get my earlier text? Yes, we did, Rooster Muzz. And we. Well, I've actually said on air why I'm not going to read it out. So, anyway. Uh, the Ryobi Cup one-day tournament used to have the split innings. Did they? What era? About 10 years ago or so, says Tim. No. Okay, thumbs up from the maestro on that one. They went back to the old format, though, so it doesn't look 
like it took off properly. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it was wrong. Just because it didn't work then doesn't mean it was wrong. Um, to be honest, that's not the biggest issue with one-day international cricket. In fact, there's no issue with one-day international cricket because it's being broadcast on SEN. And that'll start just after 2 o'clock. So make sure you're tuning in that. Uh, game one at the MCG. Game two at the SCG. And that'll be Matty White, Trent Copeland, Lisa Stalaker and... Dougie Bollinger. No? Who? Oh, sock. <laughs> well, you're doing left arm. Left arm. Look, Dougie's bowling off-pace spinners now. But <laughs> flat, tearing his hamstring and his calf every second game. But no. Uh, it, so those guys will be in commentary. What happened there? Like, how come I did the BBL? Alex, have I been, have I been rotated out of the squad and I hadn't even known about it? Is it? You know what I feel like? I feel like Bill Laurie, who found out that he wasn't the Australian captain via the radio. That's what I feel like right now. So Matty White's doing with Trent Copeland. Maybe everyone here is in favour of five-day test matches. That's what we're finding out. 0457 736 736. Get us on the open line as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 All right, let's break, and then we're back with more of your texts. Welcome back to the program. Taking your calls on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 We've also got heaps of text messages here, 0457 736 736 for SBS Fence. Mark from Prairiewood. Who knew Prairiewood was such a stronghold for us? But Anyway, how good is SEN? Who uh, can also hear the England versus India test if you want? Probably the New Zealand-South Africa series starting on Sunday. Definitely the England-India series. You hear that on the app. Radio has never done neutral test series. Uh, so... Yeah, Mark from Prairiewood, glad you are enjoying it. Uh, afternoon, Mayor of Camden. Same table booked at Gregory Hills Hotel for the Super Bowl Monday week. I think you have what it takes to take out the hot dog eating comp this year. Bo from Camden, who I saw out there for the Super Bowl last year. Uh, you know what? There's worse places on the planet than you could watch the Super Bowl than the Gregory Hills Hotel. I know that. You know what, Bo? Let's make it a date. I will see you there. Uh, here we go. We've got Jaleesa Apps, who's working overtime for us now. She's done an interview with Anthony Seabold from the Seagulls. This will be for Channel 7. But here is a little grab, Anthony Seabold, when asked by Jaleesa about Josh Schuster. Can you tell us about um, Josh's run of bad luck? Yeah, you know, it was really unfortunate for, for Shuey because um, he was in as good condition, certainly in the 14, 15 months I've been here. Um, the week before Christmas, him and a couple of staff members unfortunately got chickenpox. Um, the only fortunate thing, I, I wasn't one of them, so I was I was okay. But um, yeah, so that knocked him out the last week of training. Then um, day one or day two, rather, when we were down at Canberra, he um, yeah broke his finger, had a spinal fracture, so that needs surgery. So we did that straight away. A little bit of a, a rough um, trot the last month, but um, prior to that, he was going really well. So the calf is not sorry. Um, the calf is not as much of a worry given it is a reoccurring. No, it's, it's not. It's it, again one of the reasons why we're sort of being conservative with him this week and yeah. next is is so we don't blow it out. Okay, so there you go. That's it's Anthony Seabold. Audio courtesy of Jaleesa. What about Jaleesa just barging in over the top of that other reporter, the poor little nice reporter that wanted to ask a question? No, she just – what about the perfume steamroller? Jaleesa Apps, eh? Uh, there you go. That's from Anthony Seabold himself. I'm telling you, watch this space on Josh Schuster. Let's go to the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. For the first time this year, we say – Good afternoon to Spart. Hello, Spart. Hello, James. 
Salutations and greetings to you. <laughs> I hope you're well. I am, and same to you. Now, what would you like to talk about this afternoon? Okay, I'm with you, and this may come as a shock, but I'm with you on four-day tests. Yes, big, baby. Yes. Big, <laughs> hang on. Calm oh, down, cowboy. Oh, oh. There's, a big, there's a big asterisk against that, oh, right? Right. Five-day tests, I was 15 two-hour sessions. All right, we're owed 30 hours of cricket, potentially, mm-hmm. the five-day test. Mm-hmm. If those 30 hours can be put into either four, seven-and-a-half-hour days or, you know, four, 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 three or something... As long as you're getting the hours into the test cricket, nearly every facility has lights available to go on at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're very, you know, you, you don't often need it. And what you've got to do to, is get the players to buy in. Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. Keep was going. That bad, was it? <laughs> no. no. Um, I, I don't worry. When it started playing, everyone jumped up here going, what on it? Maestro's just <laughs> jumped around here. So keep going, Spark. Yeah. Okay, so you owe to If you can get, Guaranteed, owed 30 hours of cricket within four days, bring it on. Because it'll do two things, and I'll just cite the recent example. The whole reason that the Pakistani team, apparently, if we take it on face value, left the left arm quick out of the Sydney test was due to them going to play five day, five T20s in New Zealand. Right. And haven't we heard a lot about them? Not, right? No one's heard. But if you do that to every test game throughout the year, you are giving one year of travelling time back. right? Because that's all it is. It's time poor is why the... I believe five-day yep. test cricket is, is struggling. Okay. So stop making it time poor. Make the changes. Fit 30 hours of cricket in and get on with it. Okay. So I, my, I don't know whether you've heard in full my plan, but that was you've got to go there from 10 till 6 p.m., right? You still only get yep. an hour, but it's going to be 30 yep. minutes and 30 minutes. Yep. And if you're running short, if you're short on the overrate going into the tea break at 30 minutes, you keep playing until you catch that up. Agree. And, and what you've got to do, Jim, is, you know, you, you, I've heard Steve Smith, for example, quoted a lot as uh, talking about how test cricket's got to survive and how, it, you know, it's got its place. Okay, Steve, stop changing your gloves every three overs. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Okay, okay, and he's not the only one, but you've got to just take, it really became clear to me, I was out there on, on the first day at Sydney, and the amount of impost by non-players and yellow vests or orange vests yep. throughout the game is what it's like that you know that old saying a drop makes a river right? and it just adds up and adds up and adds up yeah so you got to you know if we want test cricket to survive and you do and I do you know that we both love it just just get the 30 hours that's yeah. all I want and I'll be happy my Give only three days if you want. I don't care my only concern yeah. was the you know the wear and tear on a pitch on a fifth day how do we get that but your colleague greenkeeping rooster he said, yeah. we'll just put less moisture in there and you'll get the same effect. So that alleviated my concerns on that one. So there's a, there's a, a solution tweaks, to everything. Yeah. A few tweaks and it can happen and it won't die. You know, who, who wants in 10 years for there only to be four test teams? No one wants that. Yeah. So what do you got to do? You yeah. Be proactive, not reactive. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Jeez, you've had, a, you've had a big Friday, haven't you, Spart? Oh, not really. I'm just doing my best. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Uh, keep ringing throughout the course of the year. Fill out a uh, ratings booklet too if you get one of those. Uh, Jimmy, I've had chicken pox. My doctor didn't tell me that KFC was the cure. Or Maccas, says Matt. I've had chicken pox as a, as a mature, uh, well, when I was mature, I was 21, so I don't know how mature I was, but very dangerous chicken pox. Very dangerous. Uh, all right, we're going to get ourselves to a break and then we're back to wrap up the program.